Welcome to the Military Child Education Coalition podcast, the show that highlights a wide range of challenges and triumphs that our military-connected kids experience. My name is Nikki Harrison, and I'll be your host today. We would like to say thank you for the support of the Texas Education Agency for this episode. Joining me today is Shelly, and I would love for you to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Um, hi, I'm Shelly Ramos. I am the Texas Commissioner Designee for the Military Interstate Children's Compact Commission, and I work at the Texas Education Agency. Part of my job, of course, is to serve as the commissioner for the compact. And when I'm not doing that, I am the director, the senior director for curriculum standards and student support at TEA. Great. Thank you so much, Shelly, for telling us a little bit about yourself. For those of our listeners that may not know, could you tell them what the MIC-3 is and how long has Texas been a part of that compact? Yeah, so MIC-3 is the acronym for the Military Interstate Children's Compact Commission. It's a national compact with all 50 states plus the District of Columbia. And Texas first joined the compact shortly after it was inaugurated. We joined in 2009. Great. Thank you so much for telling us a little bit about the MIC-3 and the compact. So as the Texas State Commissioner, for MIC-3, you have oversight of an incredibly large area. The state of Texas is huge now that I'm living in it. I know that. Do you work with your colleagues at the local level to educate and train them on the MIC-3? Well, first of all, yes, Texas is huge. We have over 5 million students enrolled in K-12. Almost 70,000 of those students are covered under the military compact. And we have somewhere in the neighborhood of 1,200 plus districts and charter schools. So as you can imagine, with installations spread out all over the state, communicating with our local district and school colleagues is a little bit of a challenge in Texas. I didn't mention we are the second largest state in terms of students who are covered under the compact. So it it is a challenge. We do reach out to districts. In fact, that's just a new initiative that my colleagues and I have started this year is we're trying to really target school district personnel in districts where we know there's a heavy military presence. So we've started with Fort Cavazos, Fort Bliss, all the San Antonio area installations. We're targeting those school districts to do some in-person virtual training on the compact with them. The Military Interstate Children's Compact Commission national office, so that MIC-3 office also does a phenomenal job of training our local districts. They offer no-cost training to school districts, and uh, I know that national office staff is wonderful about reaching out to them. If they can't do the training, then we step in and we'll do it for them. So I think it's a nice partnership of how we target the local districts between the national office and our state, our state office that covers the compact. Great. Thanks for letting us know how you kind of work with the local colleagues. And thank you for saying that Texas has the largest military connected population. I was kind of wondering about that myself. So since you do work with your colleagues at the local level to educate and train them, as well as it sounds like the national office does as well, how does this lead to better support their military connected students and families? 
I always tell people probably the number one hurdle that we face with the compact is just knowledge of the compact, knowing that it's there and knowing how it can help support our military connected students. And so through this training, our real goal is that we can help make sure that our school personnel are knowledgeable and informed about the compact and what it can and cannot do and who it covers and things like that. So I think that's probably the most important thing. It helps support our families and our students because when they move in, it's really helpful to have somebody at the school level or at the district level who understands the compact and they don't have to engage in an education process where they're teaching the local districts about what this compact is and what it does for students. So I think that's probably our most important goal in getting the word out about the compact is to make things easier than for our transitioning families. I think that's great. And especially as a military connected family myself, it's always nice to know that that school that, you know, I'm sending my, my kids to, there is someone that's really knowledgeable. And for me, I always try to find the registrar, uh, whatever that's called. I know it's right. a different title in every school, but it's either like the records clerk or the transcript evaluator or the registrar. That's like usually the person I'm trying to find first. That's just me personally. So since you said that Texas, again, has that is the second largest military connected population, I'm sure. And with, wow, 5 million students and 70,000 that are using the compact, there's a lot of families that a lot of times are looking to the compact for assistance. So specific to Texas, is there any new legislation from the 88th legislative session that will affect the compact? So no new legislation specific to the compact, because as I mentioned earlier, states really aren't permitted to make amendments to the compact that would undermine the consistency of the compact from state to state. But as I mentioned, sometimes we do pass legislation in the state of Texas that is specifically designed for military-connected students, and that was the case this most recent legislative session. House Bill 2892 is one of those examples, and what this legislation covers is the transfer of military-connected students from one school district in Texas to the other. Obviously, the compact only applies to transfers between states. So it wouldn't really cover this topic, but House Bill 2892 is designed specifically for the transfer of students of service members from one district in Texas to the other. That was just signed into law in July, so we're still working on our guidance related to this particular legislation, and TEA will be publishing something here before the start of the new school year when this new legislation applies. That's great to know. And since you're talking about the transfer between districts, I was just thinking, how would that be helpful for a military connected family to have this coverage? Is it helpful for courses? Or I was just kind of thinking, how is this, you know, assisting our military connected families? I'm sure you and your membership know better than I do that, you know, sometimes when a family moves to a new, a new station, they make a decision quickly about where they're going to live. And then they might realize, oh, you know, we'd, we'd rather live in this part of town or we'd rather do, uh, live someplace else. So really this gives parents the ability to make those decisions after they've arrived in the state. 
They've had some time to think about where they want to live, where they want their uh, children to go to school, and then to request the transfer to a neighboring district. In this case, it doesn't even have to be a neighboring district. So that gives some additional flexibility and hopefully helps ease the burden of those quick decisions that have to be made when you transition. I think that's great. And I was thinking as when you were talking about that, that not every school district, I know here locally, they have kind of an open enrollment district where you can, you know, tra- put in transfer applications and things like that, depending on where you live. And so that obviously isn't always available everywhere. So it sounds like this would be really helpful for that. Another question I had was when you were talking about the house bill, I thought to myself, is there an actual place that our families could go to look at all of the house bills? Is that something, is it on the TEA website? I was just thinking about that. That's a great question. So every year after the legislative session ends, the Texas Education Agency puts out what we call a legislative briefing book. And it includes a summary of all the bills that passed and were signed into law during that session, and it catalogs them by topic. The legislative briefing book for the 88th legislative session isn't up yet, but should be coming up soon so that folks can go and access that. And really the easiest way to get to it, if they go to the TEA website and in our search bar, just want to search legislative briefing book they can find that for the 88th legislative session, but they can also look back at at previous sessions too. That's great. Thank you for telling us where to find those. Cause I know I am like looking for, there's a bill in regards to graduation. I have a high schooler and I thought, gosh, I need to go and read this, this legislation. So I understand what the changes are. So thank you for letting our families know where they can find that. So we're talking about Uh, the compact and all of the different areas that it covers, what does a parent do if a school or district is not following the requirements of the compact? So first of all, I will say that in all 50 states plus the District of Columbia, they've adopted the compact into law. And so in Texas, it's part of the Texas Education Code and districts are required to follow the Education Code. So I would say the first step really would be to reach out to the district and let them know. It's oftentimes I found in my job, it's not a matter that a school district personnel is is willfully not following the law. It's just that they don't know about it. And that's uh, particularly the case with a lot of turnover that we have in school districts related to the military compact. So we try to do our best job to keep them up to date and informed. So first, I would say reach out to the school district, reach out to a campus principal or administrator, let them know about it. If that doesn't work, then I would say immediately reach out to TEA and we're here to help. We can reach out to the school district and provide them with a little bit more information. If all else fails, um, I would say as the very last straw, because it is a lot that districts are required to follow, there, there is a complaint process with the Texas Education Agency where a family could file a complaint if they believe that a school district isn't following a state law or rule. But really, probably 100% of the time, those problems are solved locally. It's really mostly just an issue of not knowing what the compact does and who it covers. 
That's good to know for our parents. And it's also good to know that a lot of times it's just there's an, a misunderstanding about the coverage or a misunderstanding of what exactly is, you know, that part of the compact pertains to. So it's good to know for our families kind of where they need to go. So what would you suggest a parent do if their child's school has never heard of the compact? I know this has happened with us before in a, a particular state where we, our son was at a school that didn't have a, a high percentage of military connected children in attendance. And they just were not, they had never heard of the compact. So hopefully that's very rare, but what do you do if that does happen? Unfortunately, it does happen, Nikki, as you know, I would say there's a couple of things that I would make, I would recommend to families. One is I would encourage the district um, to look at the TEA website related to the compact but also there's some really great training resources on the MIC-3 website um, where they could learn more about it. There are short videos that have been developed by the commission that would really go a long way to educating personnel who aren't familiar with the compact. So those would be the first two steps I would suggest. Um, but also, you know, sometimes districts want to hear it from the state and we're happy to respond to any questions. We're even happy to provide training or jump on a phone call and help them understand what the compact does and doesn't do. And so I would encourage the district in those situations to contact me at TEA or one of our different staff members who understand about the compact, and we're happy to tell them all about it. That's good to know that there's someone that can be contacted to be really helpful. I will say in this case, the local school wasn't familiar with the compact, but the district was. So in our case, it ended up having to be a phone call to the district. And there was a, a district representative that was very familiar and assisted us. So sometimes it, you know, it, it can be resolved at the at the a local level. So it was yeah. helpful. It was you know, really that's helpful. often true, Nikki, and I'm glad you brought it up. And more and more in Texas, we're seeing that, especially in parts of the state near installations or with um, heavy military presence, they're actually staffing a military liaison of some sort, some expert personnel who will who really will just kind of focus in on serving their military connected students. That's become, um, I think in the last several years, more popular among districts. So if somebody at the campus level isn't familiar, certainly reach out to the district level. And oftentimes they'll have somebody who knows about the compact or can put them in touch with the right people. The other thing I'll say, and I'm, I'm sure your listeners know this uh, very well, our school liaisons are amazing. And um, getting reaching out to the school liaison, asking them to help, they do a fabulous job of connecting the right people. Sometimes it's, you know, they'll connect a parent with me or they'll connect a school with me or somebody at TEA and we can help resolve that problem or provide training to the district in the compact. Great. I'm glad you mentioned our school liaisons because they are fantastic and so helpful and have such a wealth of knowledge especially because a lot of them have been in the community for a really long time. So I think that was great to, to tell our families to contact them as well. So I know the compact covers so many areas, 
but one that becomes very important is regarding high school graduation. I was a military connected child uh, before the compact existed and graduation was always, you know, if you go, you're going to two and three different high schools, it's really challenging. So if you have a student who is in 11th grade and they've taken French one at their previous school and they need to take French two at their new school. So they've moved. Now they need French two at that new school to graduate. But that new school does not offer French, does not offer that foreign language option. What do you do with that student? And what are some of those options for them? So I think the first thing I always tell people related to high school graduation is the compact requires the school or the district to find alternatives. The most important thing is on-time graduation. And so I always really encourage people to leave no stone unturned in looking for what alternatives there are. Now, the graduation requirements in Texas can't be waived. So we have to ensure that if the student's going to graduate under Texas high school requirements, they meet the requirements, but there's all sorts of alternatives to do that. Um, And that's where oftentimes calling TEA can be really helpful because we'll help the district think through what different alternatives there might be. So it might be that maybe that language is offered at another high school in the district and they can work out a way for either the student to get transportation to that school or maybe even do a a virtual uh, session with that course in another campus. We also have a statewide virtual school network. And some of the most popular courses that we offer in Texas are languages other than English. So I guarantee you that a student would find French or whatever, maybe not every single language, but all of the most popular languages are offered through the virtual school network. And we can help a district look through those options. We can walk them through how to enroll the student, do all of that. So those are the two probably most popular alternatives. We also have an alternative if a student's pretty gifted in the language, and that's called credit by examination. So the student would take a test, and if they score well enough on that test, sort of, you know, they'll get the credit just by performance on the exam. So that might be an option for some students, although I recognize it might not be an option for every student, especially if they're still learning the language. But I think the most important thing, as I said at the beginning, is really don't rule anything out. (laughs) Look at all your alternatives. Look at all the options, especially, and I say this, you know, kind of speaking towards our school personnel, before you tell the parent, no, you've got to start all over again, which could threaten on-time graduation, don't forget to look at alternatives and when in doubt, give us a call and we can help you think it through. That is good to know. And it's great to know that there's so many different options for our military connected students and families. And probably, you know, I, I was thinking about this online options. I think we talked about, you know, being able to complete a course online as well, which is maybe one of the the nice things that came out of the pandemic is there's so many more opportunities to do things online and virtually. So I think that's great. And I honestly, I was like, gosh, I feel like every high school has French. So French should be... French might be a good one to uh, to be covered. I took German in high school and German sometimes wasn't always everywhere that, that we moved. So that's good to know. So finally, I just would like to ask just one question as you being the Texas State Commissioner, do you have a piece of advice for our military connected families 
in regards to their mobility with their students and in regards to education and utilizing the compact to their their best ability? Like, is there is a piece of advice that you have for them? So I think I have two pieces of advice. And um, one of those pieces of advice I've learned from all my conversations with, with parents who are transitioning. The first piece is plan ahead. Make sure that you, to the extent that you can, that you've really done your homework, call the state education agency. In Texas, that would be me so that we can help you think through what may or may not be difficulties and how to avoid them. But I've learned that really mostly from talking to parents is planning ahead is really critical before you make that move so that you're not taken by surprise, especially if you have a child that's in high school so that you understand what the requirements are and where the compact may or may not be able to assist you. The second thing I would say is, and I think This is really going back to our school liaisons, really partner with your school liaison because I cannot say enough positive things about them. They are, they're miracle workers. Sometimes they know the right people to call. They know all the different options that are available. Take advantage of that fabulous resource because they can really help. And, And they've got, like I said, they've got terrific connections and will put parents in touch with the right people to resolve their problems. Great. Thank you so much. And those are really great pieces of advice. And I love the one about planning ahead because I think that's really important. And I think our our military connected families really try to do that, especially when they're when you're moving with school age children, particularly. So, well, I want to just thank you so much for joining me and chatting with me in regards to the compact and specifically how it operates within Texas. I appreciate it so much. Well, it was a pleasure to be here and talking with you today, Nikki, and I appreciate you inviting us so that I could talk a little bit more about the compact in Texas. I'd like to thank Shelly for her time today, as I've so enjoyed our conversation. Thanks for listening to the MSEC podcast, the official podcast of the Military Child Education Coalition. If you've enjoyed this episode, please like, share, subscribe, and give today's show a five-star rating. And don't forget to leave us a comment on topics you'd like to hear more about. We'd like to give a special thanks again to the Texas Education Agency for supporting this episode and Consentus Media for audio mixing. I'm Nikki Harrison. Until next time, in a world where you can be anything, be kind 